Support comes from the Norton Simon Museum, presenting the film series Testigo Witness, Goya in the Movies. Held on select Fridays in May, each film touches upon artist Francisco de Goya's visions of the world, kicking off with Pan's Labyrinth by Guillermo del Toro on May 10th at nortonsimon.org. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. It's Air Talk on LAist 89.3. I'm Larry Mantos, reminding you that LAist.com has a variety of resources available and up-to-the-minute information about the closure of Interstate 10 between Alameda and the East LA Interchange, uh, updates on what's happening with the detours in the area, public transit options, everything that's happening there so that you have the kind of guide you need to be able to work around what, uh, of course, is a huge impact on Southern California transportation. Also want to mention that we have information at LAS.com about school closures in Tustin. Those closures continuing today because of the restart of a fire in the north hangar there uh, of the former Marine Corps Air Station last week. An intense fire burned releasing asbestos and and heavy metals uh, into the air, and so they need to determine what has fallen on those schools and if it's safe for children to return. But Speaking of those two massive hangars that were built in 1942 to be able to house blimps used in the war effort, on today's Southern California history segment that we do every Monday, we look at the history of the hangars. And with us from the Orange County Historical Society, local historian and president of the organization, Chris Jepson. Chris, thank you very much for being with us today. Well, it's a pleasure to be with you, Larry. First, uh, first, first question is your 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 emotions about seeing the North Hangar burn and uh, the the tremendous history that was lost. Yeah, it, it is so sad, and uh, you know, all of us who have lived in Orange County really in the past four generations, it's just been part of our landscape. It's been a landmark. These these two hangars. Um, uh, even if you're looking at an aerial photo or you're you're flying into to John Wayne Airport, you you see those hangars and you know you're home. You know that's uh, it's uh, it's just something we we kind of steer by and have known all our lives. And uh, they are remarkable buildings. And I the the sense I get from uh, from everyone I talk to here is is just uh, one of sadness, sometimes anger, people trying to uh figure out why this happened but uh you know the answer is we we don't know yet well i'd love to hear from listeners who have lived in orange county maybe you grew up there the hangars have just been a, a you know a constant uh presence in in your growing up or living in orange county i'd love to hear your thoughts about the historic hangars that we talk about in this segment today we're at 866-893-5722 that's 866-893-5722 you can also email us your memories or or uh, some of the experiences very recently that you've had revolving around the hangers at atcomments at las.com. Please include your location and first name. So, Chris, ex- explain to us what important role these hangers played in the war effort in World War II. 
Uh, well, they were uh, built as part of our coastal defense system here in Southern California, uh, which really did range the whole uh, the whole coast here. And um, it uh, the idea was we were going to have blimps that patrolled the coast. They could keep an eye out for uh, Japanese aircraft or, uh, to some degree, submarines um, coming uh, toward our coast. And these hangars, each one could house six large blimps inside it, uh, fully inflated. So these were enormous buildings um, built in, in, like I say, only six months to build these buildings. Um, that gives you an idea of the uh, importance they were given at the time. It's incredible to think in six months they built twin 17 stories high more than 1,000-foot-long structures, um, 300 feet wide. I mean, it's just so three football fields wide. To to think of the size, have you had a chance to be inside one of them, Chris? I was lucky enough to be in the North Hangar back in 2013. So, yeah, it it is... It's hard to wrap your brain around what you're seeing when you're in a place like that. It is so enormous. You know, our, our brains, when we're at some place like, uh, you know, uh, so any, any large area, we always look for visual cues. You know, well, there's a door over there. So I know how far away that is based on how tall doors are. I understand that. Or there's a fire plug down there. And I understand because that fire plug looks that big, that's what that that space is between me and the fire fire plug your brain in in these hangars cannot grasp that it doesn't matter if there's a door or a fire plug it it just it it overwhelms your ability to believe that you are in a building that large these are the largest freestanding wood structures in the world um there are a few of them left obviously the uh this is what they're calling the south hangar is uh, still there and intact, and there are a couple uh, a couple more as you go on up uh, in the northern California. But um, that's it. These are uh, pretty remarkable, and they are, I mean, certainly a testament to uh, to engineering and uh, and a real landmark in that sense, too. I'm amazed they got the materials. You know, during the war, so many materials were insured, but obviously they prioritized this. I mean, even the metal doors, which are so massive um, at the end of the of the hangar, um, you just think about all the materials used in something this big. Right. Well, and it is interesting. That's why these buildings are wood buildings, is because all the steel was spoken for. And so I'm sure the idea would have been to to put in some sort of steel framework, but um, that really wasn't available to them. We're talking with historian Chris Jepson, who's president of the Orange County Historical Society. Again, if you have memories of the Marine Corps Air Station in Tustin's two massive hangars, you want to talk about the place in the community that the hangars hold, we're at 866-893-5722. With us as well as retired Marine colonel who was stationed at the Tustin Air Base between 1983 and 1995, Brian Delahut. Uh, Brian, thank you very much for being with us. This. What was it like to work on that base with these massive structures? Uh, Larry, they were absolutely incredible. I mean, I can remember my first experience in checking into 
um, the training squadron and walking into a building that I had seen as a young boy, but never having had the presence to actually go inside. And it was just absolutely incredible. And uh, did um, your co-workers who were there, those serving on the base, were they told the story of the background? Did everybody know what the hangars had been constructed for? Well, I think, you know, uh, when when I checked in in the early 80s, um, the base was actually called LTA, lighter than air. It was Marine Corps Air Station, Tustin, LTA. And um, and we all knew that the buildings had been built for um, the blimp hangers um, or for the use of blimps. But, you know, of course, the Marine Corps repurposed them and made them into helicopter hangers. So, um, you know, I, I don't think that we really um, appreciated uh, what the hangar was initially built for because that was our working space. And, you know, we were trying to make uh, make accommodations to be able to use it for helicopters. What kind of shape were they in when, when you worked there? Because, you know, they're already 40 years old by the time you arrived on the base. Were, were they well-maintained or did they have problems? No, I think, uh, you know, the Marine Corps were good stewards and uh, they were very well-maintained at the time. Um, I... I don't think that there was any issues whatsoever with any of the maintenance on the buildings. Um, and I think that, you know, we, again, as good stewards and understanding that this was our home, took good care of them. What were the helicopters that were there in the hangars? What were they used for during your tenure on the base? Uh, well, for troop transport, uh, I was with uh, HMM-268. And that's a Marine medium uh, helicopter squadron. And uh, we flew CH-46s, which, again, uh, you know, if you think about, uh, you know, how old the CH-46 was when it was finally retired, it was over 60 years old. So, again, you know, um, the hangars provided a home for those uh, helicopters to uh, to be stored in and to be worked on and to... Uh, to provide spaces for the Marines that were supporting them within each one of the squadrons that were there. How staffed was the base at the time? For the more than decade you were there, how heavily staffed was it? Oh, there were quite a few. I would say there were several thousand of us that were that were located at uh, at Marine Corps Air Station Tustin. And and was there housing on the base, or did people live off base? Uh, there was housing um, on the base, but it, there was also housing over at El Toro. So a lot of people lived over at El Toro. Um, I know when I checked in, I actually lived in Irvine and um, in an apartment, but um, because there was no space available at the time. All right. Let's take a listener call from Nick in Santa Ana. Nick, very good to have you with us. Your memories of the twin hangars at the former Tustin Marine Corps Air Station. Well, Larry, my my uncle had a tomato farm right across the street from the entrance of the base. And he had that farm from the 1940s uh, through the 70s. That was on Irvine Company land. He leased there. But he was there when that built, uh, base was built. Wow. And and those hangars were put in. Now, I was a little younger. I 
I and my cousins uh, worked uh, with my uncle on that ranch when we were young in our uh, pre-teen and teen years back in the 1950s and 60s. And so we have a very strong recollection of those facilities when it was an active base. Although our greatest recollection of the activities there, the military, the daily comings and goings, uh, we observed, uh, you know, involved in the farming that we were doing uh, close by. Uh, I don't have a great recollection. Uh, I have a recollection of blimps, but not a lot of activity there. I remember a lot of helicopter activity, which was occurring yeah. in the years following. Which, which Ryan was just telling us about. Nick, did your uncle talk with you at all about the the project of building those two structures within six months? You know, he, you know, he really didn't. He was a he was, a, I think, like so many agricultural people, a man of few words. Okay, and yeah. and he did not in any great detail. What I do remember, uh, because again, the farmhouse which we operated at was directly across the street, Red Hill, and in and, and, and that area today, directly across the street from the entrance to the base. And on regular occasions, the commandant of the base would be invited to lunch or dinner uh, that my aunt would prepare for him. So they had a very uh, close social relationship with the base. And, That's nice. Uh, that is my uncle did. But I don't remember any specific details being discussed about the actual building. Nick, when you drive by that area now, um, that's got to it's got to be hard to wrap your head around how different it is from when you were working on your uncle's farm. <laughs> well, hard to wrap my head around it. Well, you know, I'm a lifelong Orange Countyan, and uh, and uh, you know, when we were out there as young people in the fifties and the sixties. Uh, that was all open land, not just the area right around those facilities, which have been fenced off for the past number of years, but the whole region, none of that greater yeah. Tustin-Irvine area existed. It was nothing it's but un- agricultural fields. Nick, I have to break, but it's it's inc- I have to say for myself, and I don't go back quite as far as you do, but... I still, when when I drive through the areas where all the orange groves were and, you know, what I remember from 1970s Orange County, I I just find it so difficult to reconcile what I see now uh, from what it was. We're going to continue our look at the importance historically and culturally of the twin hangars built for blimps, later used by helicopters by the Marine Corps at the former Tustin Marine Corps Air Station. And, of course, the North Hangar, Hangar 1, with such extensive damage, whatever's left will, will have to be demolished. But uh, the fire kicked up again uh, from the embers of the fire last week. And so that's led Tustin Schools to be closed for a second day today. They're doing evaluation of the schools to see because of asbestos and heavy metals that were ejected during the fire uh, to see uh, if it's safe for kids to come back tomorrow. We'll continue with historian Chris Jepson, who's president of the Orange County Historical Society, and Brian Delahut, retired Marine colonel who was stationed at Tustin from 1983 to 1995. So these hangars were part of his daily life. We'll be back in just 90 seconds.
It's Air Talk. I'm Larry Mansell. So good to have you with us. Every Monday, we talk Southern California history. And we had several listeners who suggested that we talk about the history of the twin blimp hangers in Tustin, the north one of which has been largely destroyed in fires that started last week and then um, revived over the weekend. That's what we're doing. We have some wonderful callers with firsthand experience working on the base. Please hang on. We'll get to as many of you as we can to hear your stories of what these hangers represented to you. Let's talk next with uh, Janiqua in Sandy. Diego. I understand you grew up on the base where the hangars were? Yeah, Larry, that's absolutely right. Yeah, my family, so my father actually, he's a retired Marine, but he was a crew chief for HMH 361, which was based there in, I believe it was Hangar 1, um, and he was a crew chief for the CH-53 helicopters. So they were there for some time. He was there from 85 until he retired in 93. Uh, prior to that, they were at El Toro. But I grew up in base housing. We were first on the back gate side, which was the uh, Irvine side. And then we moved, um, our family grew, and we moved to larger housing on the front gate side, which was over there off of Red Hill. And so um, during that entire time, my dad was there in Hangar 1. I remember going to visit him uh, at his office there in the hangar and then you know, when his squadron would have barbecues, they would be, you know, right outside there in the squadron or be either on base housing. But we grew up in the shadow of those, wow. those hangers. And if I'm not mistaken, my memory might be a little dusty, but I'm pretty sure that my little ballet group, we had a recital in one of those hangers, too, wow. which was really cool. Yeah, it was like a small ballet recital, but yeah. you know, our instructor would pick up kids, you know, on base housing. And so my my little group of uh folks that I did ballet with, we were all base kids, you know, and so, yeah, and so it just was wild, you know, we were already sad, one of the reasons my family is down in San Diego is because that squadron, when the base closed, uh, it was relocated to Miramar, which is where, although my father's retired, he still, he works at Miramar, and so we're still, we stayed close to base, to the military base, Mm -hmm. but um, yeah, it's just, you know, we were sad when the base closed, and then to see this, and when we got word of it in our family chat, it was stunning. Well, I I think for all of us, you know, it's hit hard because it's just, it's such a a part of the view of Orange County. But for you living there on both sides of of the hangars, so what's what's it been like for you emotionally to see Hangar 1 go up in flames? You know, really sad. Um, Like I said, you know, it's, we grew up in the shadow of them. My father worked there, so I have very distinctive and clear memories of of those office spaces in there, and even just walking in. So the offices were along the side, obviously, and then in the center, it was that wide open space. And I remember, I can see it clearly in my head, you know, looking up, and it just seemed like it went up forever, (laughs) you know, especially as a kid, and just being overwhelmed by that space. But then, too, you know, you know, my older brother, he made uh, models. And so we have even a model here in our house um, that my father was given when he was retired, when he retired of a CH or of a, a CH-53 helicopter. Wow. So, you know, we very much, it was, you know, in our family and, and things like that. And so um, we're history buffs. And so, you know, we always knew the base was called LTA because it's lighter than air. It was built for the blimps. 
And sometimes the Goodyear blimp or other blimps would come in, um, would be there. The air show, well, air shows were over at uh, El Coro, but, you know, just being out on the flight deck and and all, yeah, we just, it's still, I think um, it's not really sinking. Um, I, so being that I live in Escondido, I've not seen anything on the news. I saw um, just a, a story from, I think it was KTLA, and an image, but it still is not really sank in. And yeah, I think yeah, may take may take a while. That area and, Jim, right, and just when you see the skyline and it's not there, I think that's probably when it will sink in. Because you know, I even worked a couple of years ago in Irvine, and I remember driving through that it was my first time being back in like decades. Probably and, brought back, so, back a bunch of memories. Janiqua, I'm so sorry. I've got other folks I, I need to get on. I so appreciate you calling in, and especially since you lived on the base and that your father was there for so long. We really appreciate you sharing that experience. 866-893-5722. Jimmy in downtown Los Angeles. I understand you were a Marine Corps sergeant. Did you visit that base? Oh, several times. Uh, I was uh, I was stationed at Marine Corps Air Station El Toro, which of course isn't there anymore. And like she just said, it was moved to Miramar, which they called the Top Gun. But I remember when I went to uh, the Tustin Air Base, it was basically a parking lot for helicopters, <laughs> and. Um, but what was the, what was really interesting was the fighter pilots would fly through the hangars and do loop de loops inside of them. They were so big. Wait, 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 wait! They would fly through the hangars. Yeah, they flew through them. Wow. It's the fighter jets, and they would do a loop de loop. You know, that's over the over your head, under your tail, and then they would do barrel rolls just for fun. Brian, Brian Delahut, do you remember that from your time on base? Yes, I was. No, there Brian, in, I was asking uh, Brian, our guest. I Brian, was... you know, hold, hold, hold that thought. Brian, do you remember that? No, I never remembered uh, anybody flying into the hangars. I, I that mean, seems incredibly dangerous. Yeah, I don't think that it, it necessarily would have happened. Uh, or I never heard of anybody actually flying into the hangar itself. So um, partly because the doors were always closed. All right. Well, Jimmy, uh, thank you for, for the call. Let's talk with T in Irvine. T, you're on air talk. Hi, Larry. How are you? Good. Good. Thanks. Your, your memories of the hangars. Uh, well, um, I actually, I'm from Atlanta um, and I moved here in the early 2000s and I was living in Anaheim for two years. Then I moved to Irvine, and this was back in 2009. And my apartment was right there at Jamboree in Alton, so I could see the hangers from my bedroom window. And this was before they built all the apartments, you know, your Lowe's, your TJ Maxx, and all those stores that surround the hangers now. And I was telling the lady before, um, it's funny, one of the memories I had was my niece that came out because – she had auditioned for a Michael Jackson video. This was before, well, this was after he had died, and they shot one of the videos there at those hangars. And, you know, I actually live, like I say, in downtown Los Angeles now, but I have a storage still in Irvine, which is where I am right now. Um, So I'm constantly down in Orange County, and it's just strange that, you know, 
one hanger is now gone. I actually went over Saturday when I came down and I took pictures. It's just unbelievable, you know, how basically it looks as if it has basically everything is caved in except for the concrete structures on the end. It looks like they are holding those up. Um, but it's just really sad, you know, yeah, say, yeah. I've been in Orange County for a, a while, even though I'm in L.A. now for T- the last three years. But it's just strange not to have yeah. those there because, you know, it is a part of the community. It's a landmark. T, do, do you recall what Michael Jackson, a song they were doing the video from in the hangar? This was the video they shot right after he died. Oh, after he died. Um, it okay. was, um, I believe it was that Behind the Mask um, okay. album. The that one that they did, it was released. it was essentially a concert dedicated to him. Yeah, I remember yeah, that yeah. film. Yeah, yeah. T, thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. Let me go back uh, to Orange County Historical Society President Chris Jepson. There were quite a few different things that were filmed there. David Burbank says that J.J. Abrams rebooted Star Trek, used the hangars as part of the shuttle base at the beginning of the film. Yeah, in 2009. That was, uh, that's one of its many uh, screen appearances. I, I think the earliest one I know about is uh, actually all the way back to 1945. There was a movie called This Man's Navy, appropriately enough about uh, a guy who was a uh, blimp pilot for the Navy. Um, they, they shot the, the Hindenburg, uh, the, the movie uh, um sort of docudrama about that in 1975 and then and then the Waltons followed up with a uh an episode where John Boy sees the Hindenburg exploding again at Tustin wow. LPA base um I think Jag and the X-Files have had uh, episodes there and uh I think one of the Austin Powers sequels uh, had some some scenes set there. I think I think probably most Californians who aren't Orange Countyans may know the the hangers best though from Huel Hauser's California Gold. He gave the dedicated a whole episode to the uh, the base there. All right, and that's those are available online to see. By the way, we'll continue our conversation with Chris Jepson, historian and president of the Orange County Historical Society. Brian Delahut, who's a retired Marine colonel, was stationed at Tustin for more than a decade, starting in 1983. We're taking listener calls, and I'll share some more emails that we've received from listeners remembering these Tustin hangers. Thankfully, the South Hanger, Hanger Two, still stands. We'll be back in just a minute. Also a reminder that at LAS.com, you'll see the very latest details on the closure of Interstate 10, of that portion of the freeway that's elevated just south of downtown Los Angeles, closed indefinitely. Uh, They're trying to determine what needs to be done to stabilize the freeway, if they're going to be able to do that, in fact. Um, Certainly hope it's not going to have to be demolished and rebuilt. But we'll keep you up to date on that, as well as all the public transit and uh, detours all around that closed portion of Interstate 10. Uh, We got some background, by the way, on the video that our listener mentioned, the Michael Jackson song um, for which the video was made at the hangar. This goes back to 2010. It was, as our listener said, a posthumous release of Michael's song Hold My Hand featuring Akon. 
Dawn, uh, and it was released on the album Michael after the passing of Michael Jackson. Let me share some listener comments as we remember about the uh, former Tustin Marine Corps Air Station hangars. Uh, Ed in Studio City said, we shot some of the Chevy Reveal commercials there several years ago, several days with giant elevator lifts. The stage was built 20 feet in the air. Dell in Fullerton emailed, my parents split when I was young. Mom stayed in Stanton. Dad bought one of the first homes in Mission Viejo in 1970. I remember two things when being shuttled between the two, the Disney Matterhorn at Mom's end and the Tustin hangers at Dad's with almost nothing but strawberry fields in between. Easy way to answer, are we there yet? Sad to see one of these childhood icons gone. Dell, thank you for that. Frank in Mission Viejo says, perhaps too early to ask, but do we know what will happen to the damaged building? On the one hand, be sad to lose such a historic structure. On the other hand, I imagine would take a great deal of effort and resource to rebuild something rarely used. Frank, I think there's almost nothing left of it. Chris Jepson, um, do you think anything's going to be saved from Hangar 1? I'd be surprised looking at the condition it's in now. Um, and I know there are some uh, some environmental concerns as well about you know, these things were built in the 40s, uh, and the materials are, uh, some of them are, are cause for concern at this point. Uh, once it's torn asunder like this, um, yeah. there's things like asbestos exposed and stuff like that. So um, I would be very surprised if that, if that hangar were somehow partially reconstructed. Um, what's, I mean, hang, what's hangar two uh, being used for, Chris? Well, at the moment, speaking of environmental concerns, that's what's happening there. It's awaiting environmental remediation before the Department of the Navy hands it over to, theoretically, to the city of Tustin, is my understanding, is the plan. And um, and I don't know that a decision, a firm decision has been made about what will happen to that hangar, but a lot of different forms of adaptive reuse have been talked about over the last okay. 20 years. All right. Well, and I wonder if losing the North Hangar might make um, people uh, cherish the second one all the more, given the loss of, of Hangar 1. Ed and O.I. said, I was stationed there from 57 to 59. I was a crew chief on the helicopters, did a lot of sweeping and cleaning of those hangar floors. Those were good times. That's Ed in Ohio. Gene in Laguna Hills emailed, I've lived in Orange County for 58 years. The hangars were a significant landmark all through my life. I remember when the Tustin Air Base was still functioning. One of my first jobs was in an office building nearby. Years later, my former photography bosses, Mark and Jerry, used one of the empty hangars as a photography camera obscura and they entered the Guinness Book of World Records. It broke my heart to see Hangar 1 burned down. Uh, Duncan and Tustin email taught my kids to ride their bikes later, drive their cars in the empty streets in the shadows of the hangars at the base. Feels like a heavy negative feeling that one burned down. Depressing. My thanks to my guests Chris and Brian. Have a great day. The LAS Spring Super Sweeps is happening now. You can win amazing prizes while supporting your source for local fact-based journalism. One lucky grand prize winner will get to choose a brand new Lexus or $25,000 in cash. Other prizes include an electric bike from Juice Bikes and $1,000 gas gift cards. Your donation of $60 gets you one entry to win. And the more you give, the more entries you get. Donate now at LAS.com sweeps.